Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 10, Episode 11, titled Morningstar. Aaron, what do you think of this episode? I mostly like this episode. There's a couple things. I, I, I This medieval kind of like going out from the walls to meet those zombies with human walls is a little janky, but it's also time-worn and tested and tropey. I mean, we've seen it for in better productions. We've seen it in worse productions. It does add a little bit of kind of excitement uh, to the uh, to the um, to the offering, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly, yeah, I liked it. I liked the conversations on the eve of battle. I like people reconciling. I like people being honest with each other. Um, I like the fact that the whispers continue to surprise with tactics. Uh, you know, you don't think of them uh, being capable of whipping up some pseudo napalm from uh, Tyne Par or Pine Tar, Tyne Par from Pine Tar. Is that how they, did they did? Did you do any research on that? Is that how that works? Is Pine Tar ultra flammable like gasoline? Oh, it's certainly like, yeah, you get a resinous pine tree and they they hmm. burn really well. There's a, but but like, can you harvest it in this kind of quantities and this with this kind of animal? I, I, I honestly don't know, but I okay. imagine. Most of that stuff is flammable, and I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. Sure. What are they making their slingshots out of? That's a good question because I've had th- this is literally just a water balloon slingshot. Uh-huh. Like I, you know, they're a hell, a, they're a hell of a lot of fun. They're a hell of a lot of fun. You can you you can find them on the shelf. Um, I wouldn't imagine it's too hard to make out of like surgical tubing and stuff. And that mm-hmm. that shit would be pretty abundant, right? You can find rub or like old. Uh, Bicycle inner tubes, you braid a couple of those together. Like, I, it doesn't oh, yeah. stretch my imagination. The, the, the fat of the land, right? Bicycle yeah. inner tubes and, and surgical tubing, <laughs> you know, the things that the whispers thrive on. I just feel like that, like, 10 years after a global apocalypse, I'm still not calling bullshit on finding rubber and stretchy things. Elastic oh, sure. underwear bands, like, it's, it's, you're just going to get <laughs> tons of <laughs> That's that what stuff. But for the Morning Star, is them. Ripping all of the elastic out of their underwear. It's the <laughs> underwear is useless anyway. It's it's tattered from the waistband down anyway. You go shambling through the horde. You have someone grab a zombie. <laughs> you give him a snuggie, and then you 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 slice off about eighteen inches of waistband. You yeah. move on to the next one. The harvest the zombies all as it's known. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> nylon hard the the <laughs> nylon harvesting. You get your pine <laughs> pine tar from the tree. Uh-huh. You get your nylon from the the zombies wearing Hanes. Abundant amount. Yeah, loom. I didn't even think about all the underwear out there. Never 10, mind. I retract my question. Ten thousand waistbands on underwear. To say nothing of the bras, the bra right. bra they have. I have a good authority. They have nylon and latex and shit on them. Oh so, yeah. yeah, I mean like uh, probably a lot of people died wearing sweatpants. You got the the ankle cuffs there. there the, oh yeah, yeah, a lot of elastic. A lot more elastic that out there roaming the lands in the zombie apocalypse than you'd think. Did you think of your first dismissive thought? Uh, what do you think of the episode? Uh, I thought it was decent. I, I, I think it has committed a pretty egregious sin, though. And maybe I just didn't Uh-oh. read this right. Um, wh- why is Alexandria not informed about a monumental horde coming to destroy Hilltop? I think it's because they took out the relays. You mean like, the like ones they, that Eugene this... is using to flirt? 
That's a really good question. Why Eugene's high gain antenna can't just communicate with Alexandria? Maybe they don't have a corresponding ham tower and they just have short range stuff. But and, and, and Rosita I, talks I to Gabriel this know. episode after they find out about the horde. So like, and Eugene <sighs> says, "Oh, did you tell him?" She's like, "Hell no! What? What? What do you mean, hell no? Hell yes! You need to tell those people." I yeah, I don't know. Oh, it was gosh, shocking I, to me when she when no one was telling Alexandria about this. Yeah, that's the thing, I, I guess. And maybe I blacked out because almost everything in Rosita for the, for the last few episodes has been terrible. Like, again, like, I don't know what the fuck they're they're doing with her character. Yeah, um, I'd watch that like, scene I, twice. I, but I, I thought that, like, yeah, that they had taken out the, the relays. And for some reason, the big ham won't talk to the small shortwave radios that they got that they're using for hand to hand. But uh, yeah, it's you're right. That's not great. That and the Rosita stuff was the thing that really kind of stuck in my craw like uh, a hastily assembled mace out of bicycle gears <laughs> wielded by the professor sticks in a zombie skull. Mm-hmm. It just kind of stuck there. Couldn't couldn't get it dislodged quite no matter how much it cleared my throat. All right. Uh, yes, that's what I thought. It was decent. I, I enjoyed some of the um, fighting scenes even like they, they weren't the most spectacularly staged things, but I enjoyed seeing, no. you know, the layers of defense and um the tactics that they were employing so it does seem some of our speculation last week about how this the season's going to proceed where it's going to be essentially a leapfrogging kind of uh blitzkrieg of all of the the settlements is correct that uh you know she's going to assemble all of her horde and she's going to smash hilltop and then she's going to smash what Oceanside and then Alexandria as the main as the main meal. And I don't know, because I was like, eh, maybe they can beat him off for one assault. But like Hilltop seems like it's in flames, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what their plan was to deal with their wooden walls being set afire. But uh, I hope they have a good one because, man, we haven't even seen the catapults come out. Also, when right. I, as soon as I heard the blacksmith say catapults, I'm like, Jesus Christ. These people, you had you had trebuchets right there, man. What uh-huh. you found? You found a shitty Lego catapult and decided to to copy that instead of the obviously superior siege weapons. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Hill Hilltop is forfeit. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I was totally wrong about how this the rest of the season was going to go because when I was speculating about, it, I'm like, man, the next logical step here is for Alpha to just attack with the Horde. But we've got mm-hmm. six episodes left. There's no way that happens. Uh, this soon and I was talking about oh who are all the other people are out there like Michonne's out there in the island they could spend an episode with her that feels like old walking dead and shame on me for thinking that new walking dead is anything like old walking dead because old walking dead would have taken a four episode governor arc right now and said we need to go back to the beginning right explain how we we got here yeah yeah or follow Michonne as she negotiates with the naval base people and tries to secure blah blah and then have a have several scenes with Luke flirting with his ocean side whatever uh let's do all that right now before we get to the main event no no this is new walking dead and new walking dead just gets right the fuck to it so right to the point which I like I'm happy I think that's 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 pretty good and I also think that they're yeah, you got you got three settlements to smash. You got six episodes left, right? Seven episodes. Uh, you're still you got you can make a meal out of every single settlement. Leave two episodes for Alexander and still have an episode or two left over to explore 
Michonne getting her secret weapon, which obviously is going to be needed to turn the tide and explore some of those other kind of side plots we talked about. Um, I think there's only 16 episodes in this season. And we're on episode 11, right? Yeah. So we have five more after this. Oh, right. I, for some reason, I was thinking 18. You're right. Yeah. We got fat. So, yeah. But we still have plenty of still, time. Yeah. Still, one for each episode, one for each settlement being to, being attacked and besieged and a couple of uh, bonus episodes to deal with the fallout and the the side plot. So, I, I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's enjoyable pacing. so far. All right. Maybe we should get into the recap. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. We start off with Beta overseeing the sap harvest, I guess. Or maybe they're going to be making some serious maple syrup. I don't know. Don't look like maple so syrup. Said, Whispers Canadian confirmed. They're just yeah. in the middle of a pitched battle. They got to they gotta make sure their strategic syrup reserves are filled. Um, so he's overseeing that while Alpha and Negan are voluntarily exchanging blows with the switch. And then they all march with the dead while chanting their cult slogans. We are the end of the world. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. I do wonder, mm-hmm. like, if the zombies, like, how many people have died because they got a little too enthusiastic about the chanting and, and the zombies, like, what, what the fuck? Yeah, we language? are guys, aren't we? Huh? We're the end of the uh-huh. world. We yeah, really are. Yeah. Ah! yeah. I, I can't hear you, Frank. Oh, God, that's not Frank. Ah! Yeah, it, it's, uh, I imagine it goes a little something like that. Uh, yeah. What's your read on Negan? Okay, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is great. They're playing this really sly if they're trying to say that he's still like, I I don't know, as much on the side of Alexandria as he's ever been. 
Um, right. Because I am genuinely up in the air on that. I don't know at this point. I thought I, last episode, even up to last episode, that he was still on Team Alexandria, essentially, and he was trying to get in good with Alpha to fuck with her. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I the one thing I thought for sure is that he would try to protect the kids, you know, because mm-hmm. he's have a soft spot for children. I do think he sees Especially them as Judith. innocent. He, yeah, Judith, the you know scion of Rick um, and, and RJ, people like that. And it just doesn't. And, and I, I was I was looking for like, well, maybe him trying to get them to surrender like as a way to let them fight another day. But like yeah. what surrender to this? Pe- it's not it's not like that, man. You're you are kind of entering a death cult. This isn't like going into a prison camp and you might be liberated from later. There's there's no no, that's not going to happen. So and he's got like he is inside her inner circle. He could just like chop her in half anytime he wants to break mm-hmm. her neck, whatever. And he's not taking that opportunity. So I do. I, I mean, are they kind of like having him doing a little bit of morgalizing, flipping into just an opportunist like he's going to be with the whispers until it looks like the whispers are going to lose and he's going to defect. And if that's the case, like, I don't think it's going to work because it seems like the Alexandrians at least are you know wise to his ways enough to see his fingerprints in the you know roadblocks and the people strung up as met like that's that's some classic negan they're telling us you know this this harkens back yeah. to the first time we met negan right. you know them the alexander's riding forth confident and seeing all their ways blocked with flaming logs and mm-hmm. um i don't know i don't know what his plan is i thought i did i don't i do not know yeah um I would say he's going all in on the whispers if the whispers weren't so insane. I, I don't think Negan is that insane. Um, I think Negan can be an asshole. I think Negan is a lot of things, but insane to the point of joining up with a death cult that wears the skins of the dead and walks among them. I yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. So I'm I'm still on like. Negan is probably not true blue for alpha here, but they're doing a really good job of confusing the issue, which I like. Yeah. And, and also like not being able to see the way back. Like it's a fine to yeah. not understand like Negan's plan, but to not understand like, okay, what is his, you know, what, what, what's his after, what's his after plan? Um, it doesn't seem like it was a suicide attack as if it was, he would have done it by now. Yeah. Maybe he's going to sabotage. There's going to be some crucial sabotage. I I don't know, but uh, I thought he had. I thought he made a genuine conversion to the Rick side of the force. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see. Yeah. Um. Are they okay? Talking about these uh, cult slogans that they're whispering. Are they able to teach walkers how to speak, or are there just a lot more whispers than I think? I think there's I think they're hinting that there's a lot more whispers than we think, like maybe hundreds, because there's no like if they teach zombies how to do more than just death rattle. I don't know, man, that that's going to. Well, there's there's precedent for it too far in a Z nation. Is there? Oh, yeah. I mean, Romero did it. Um, Oh, I thought you were talking about back in the the governor Poindexter days if they had taught like some kind of singing zombie chorus. But I don't think so. No, (laughs) right. They were caroling. Yeah, you had Bubs, wasn't that the zombie uh-huh, that yeah. they taught to shoot a gun and like recognize basic commands? And- yeah, so they can be taught potentially. I don't know if that applies to these types of zombies. Maybe not. We've never seen yeah. anything like that. 
Yeah, I saw the other documentary where the zombies were smart enough to uh, order up more paramedics for more brains. Uh-huh. You know, so like yeah. it's it's not without precedent. You're right. <laughs> In the canon. Uh, so Eugene continues his conversation with Radio Lady, uh, whose name is Stephanie. Is that right? Stephanie, the ham girl. Yep. Okay. Um, he seems very comfortable with her. She saw the same satellite fall. Turns out, which means that they're close to each other. Eugene tells her they're in Virginia and offers to meet in public. You know, nothing creepy. Nothing creepy. She agrees, but tells him not to mention it to his people. She'll take it to hers and see what they say. This has bad, bad, like, shame date stuff written all over. Like, I don't want, I don't want people to know I'm talking to you. (laughs) Like, I don't want people to know we're fucking. But yeah, meet me here. Don't tell it. Don't tell anybody you're coming. You know, yeah. don't mention it to anybody because I don't want anybody to find out, but we'll totally bang when we get there. I I don't know. Yeah, and then Eugene's got like the the self-esteem where he'll just walk into any kind of precondition right. and he'll yeah, like he's going to say where he's at first. There is some interesting like actual information we we know. We we speculated this too. Like, you know, if yeah. you're in visual line of sight of the satellite, that implies you're a couple hundred miles away from, you know, where it landed because of the way the earth is shaped, etc. So they made that same kind of conclusion that they're, you know, this isn't like a, a Los Angeles, D.C. type of romance. Um, mm-hmm. They realize that they're within a few hundred miles. And by the end of the episode, we'll get a, a, a much bigger fix. Just generally speaking, if you had to put if you had to put money on it, do you think this is going to a good place or a bad place? Man, how could it go to a bad place? Yeah. What's the upside on an elaborate ruse to loan to to? lure a lone lonely man mm-hmm. into the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. And I'm thinking like in terms of the the meta, the show, right? Like and okay. shove him in a boxcar labeled B. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely a B. He, I don't know what A and B means, but if whatever oh, yeah. it is, and he's definitely a B. Yeah. <laughs> uh I, I just don't know like okay okay, let's say they deal with the whisper threat this season done over. Is this the setup for season eleven? What does Maggie coming back have to do with any of that? Like, what is the. Yeah, it looks like the whispers are going to be put to bed this season, which means what is even season 11? Yeah, I I don't know. It doesn't seem like introducing yet another villain to that final season makes a ton of sense. But also, I don't know what they do if they don't. It might not be a non. It might be a non-conventional villain. Like, uh, it's just two different people that are trying to reboot civilization georgian you know the trash people and they got their good and bad points and they're like you know trying to move into alexandria's and the the community's turf and like you know like this is a a conquering empire do you join it do you resist do you maintain your freedom do you have a do you, i think that, that stuff is inherently interesting but I also like that, like it's just real political kind of rebellion, colonial kind of thing. Like, I think that would be really cool. Taming the West. There's another there's there's tons of like, you know, analogies you can you can uh, uh, draw here. I think that'd be really interesting. But I don't know mm-hmm. if it's walking dead enough. Like essentially, hey, yeah, Alpha rounded up all the shambling dead in a 500 mile radius. And so when we just dealt with that, so now it's just nothing but us to hate each other, you know, and yeah. squabble. That's a cool plot, but I don't know if you can do a whole season on it for The Walking Dead. Is it possible that this show 
would just take us back to square one, like destroy Alexandria, destroy Hilltop, leave us with a handful of survivors who are now back on the run at the end of this this season or this show. That would be the most walking dead thing in the world to do. And we've talked about this many times. Most shows find a way to subvert their, you know, at least subvert, even if it's a dour, depressing show. Um, like, you know, Game of Thrones is that way. We always, we always talked about, like, you know, what's Martin playing at? What's what's he getting at? Um, you know, because if Game of Thrones continues as it is uh, to the end, then like all your favorite people die. Uh, uh, evil absolutely wins and everything just gets worse. And that's been kind of the Walking Dead's theme for the majority of its history. So, like, unless they subvert that and like I like my preference would be to end this on just a modicum of hope, you know, that you've got the yeah. future there. Um, and there's people too damaged to take to, to enjoy those fruits of that labor, like maybe Carol, for example, and Daryl. Mm-hmm. But like, I, that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, I it's entirely within the show's DNA just to like collapses back to another group of six people wandering with a few children trying to find safety again. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I'm genuinely clear, curious where they're going to take this thing. Uh, and if you're looking for that. Good. There's a little bit of trail, uh, railroad tracks laid to that with the blacksmith conversation where he's like, son, yeah. how many times have you been out ranging? 100, 200 times? Have you ever seen a place like Hilltop or Alexander? I'm like, nope. So, like, this is it. This is this is the last best hope for civilization in a several hundred mile radius, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the blacksmiths, they spot Gamma coming into Hilltop and get curious. So they ask Aaron about her and he explains the situation. Earl, uh, who I guess is the blacksmith, I finally learned his name, doesn't want to uh, let her see her nephew. And Boston Rob tells him, I'll handle it. And here's a great this is a great personal drama where I understand completely everyone on both sides of this thing. Yeah. Like if I was Earl, fuck Mary and the whispers wanting to get like a a glimmer of of that, you know, of, of the child. Like that's not we're not doing this like if Boston Rob will go on to say. We're not doing this for her or for the whispers or for the mom or the, uh, we're doing this for the child and for us, our future. Um, that's very understandable. And, uh, you know, it's not very friendly and welcoming to the whispers, but Jesus Christ, these, these people are human and they're going to have a human reaction to this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. No, I, I get where he's coming from. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's handled pretty well. And Earl is becoming a character now, not just the dude who, looks at things and recreates them. Right. Uh, so then Ezekiel has heard about Carol's cave incident and finds her at Daryl's secret hideout. And he asks her to come back, but she doesn't really respond. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's, he's, she's, he's laying, he's laying the connection there. Um, just going out there and like, this is a theme of the episode that like, in this zombie apocalypse, no one knows how to kind of commiserate with people anymore. Hmm. Um, so it, it seems like instead, when someone's going wrong, people pull away in both directions and just a little yeah. bit of human contact. Ezekiel swallowing his pot pride and his worry and going over and checking up on his ex-wife is enough to make that human connection and start to bring someone back. Start to, I, I, I like that part of it too. I think Lydia said something similar to Carol later on in this episode. Yep. Um, yep. Which hopefully that's going to start to bring her back from the brink because man, she's far gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. So Kelly wants to go back out for Connie 
Uh, Yumiko is not sure she's still alive, but she's going out with them anyway. And Daryl and Lydia return, warning them that, hey, uh, we can't go out there because Alpha's on the way. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, I, hmm, I, I guess it's natural for Miko to want to know what Ma- like Magna was saying at the end. It, it felt a little too writerly. Like, Magna hmm. did have a big uh, confessional to Kelly about why she wants to get back and why... And like Yumiko almost supernaturally is aware of there's some things unsaid and stuff, or, or yeah. maybe it's just uh, her feeling guilty about the way things too, but it, it felt a little too kind of, I don't know, all this like bickering amongst a group felt a little bit perfunctory until the whole town got involved and then it made a little bit, a little bit more it sense, did. but yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, so then Rosita wanders into the radio room and pisses Eugene off by attempting to speak to Blue Weevil, uh, his his new girlfriend from another school. Uh, he shouts her out of the room and then tries to apologize to his radio friend. Yeah, you know, Rosita, I'm not entirely entirely sure what CB radio r- refers to, but I guarantee it's not cock block. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this man's trying to get something together, trying to make a long distance love connection. And, and you get your first time you hear him talking to a woman. You got to get up there and mix it up. Damn. Um, but it, it makes sense, right? Like, you know, Eugene's oh, yeah. kind of a fool to leave this thing unsecured because, of course, like anyone walking by hears a strange voice talking on the radio. It's going to be like an alien made a contact. Yeah, he's um, treating this like it's his own private clubhouse when, in fact, this is just like a part of the town's infrastructure, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, he's not the first person to take uh, perhaps untoward ownership of a civic project, but uh, it does seem like that's what's happening. Yeah, this is his. This is his radio now. Yeah. Uh, Then Negan suggests to Alpha that she force Alexandria to join them rather than killing them all, and she just says, "Go on, go on. I'm listening." Mm -hmm. Yep. She's 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 not hanging up. She's she's uh, I, but again, like I don't none of this stuff actually seems like it makes a difference in how things are going to go. So, yeah, I and yeah, we kind of knew there had to be a turning point, right, where Alpha would stop listening to these brilliant ideas that Negan has and start doing her own alpha thing, because otherwise she's done it wouldn't it feel alpha enough. Like Negan to my like nothing good has happened to Negan other than he got sex. <laughs> and that uh, is very arguable. Yeah, yeah, you're really <laughs> messing with the def- definition. You're, you know, you're you're really straining the pizza analogy. Let's say <laughs> if you're going to say that it's still it's still pretty good. Um, mm. And it's yeah, it's not about Samantha Morton. It's it's honestly a lot about the zombie mask. It's a lot about the dead uh, skin and grime. Yeah, and, and 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 the lack of cleanliness and wiping and all those things mm-hmm. that that are going into the package. But like, yeah, like it's like it's not like. Negan's had some success with machinations and now she's starting to wise up. It's almost feeling like Negan's been used from the beginning, which yeah. is not an unsatisfying arc for him to be, to be honest. It makes like sense. He's pulling I mean, some alpha yeah. seems smarter than to just fall for whatever he's selling. Right. He's be pulling some big Machiavellian thing and completely underestimating, you know, the brain dead cultists and all that stuff. And he's going to end up getting Shanghai by him. I, I don't know. That's, that's, not a bad arc for Negan. Yeah. It's just not super satisfying to watch. It just fizzle, I guess. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't think he's uh, fought his last battle there. Anyway, the town uh, listens to Lydia explain why they can't stay in Alexandria in this big sort of town meeting. 
uh or sorry sorry in hilltop um not alexandria uh earl wants to fight but aaron wants to leave because of the kids daryl says we're leaving for oceanside everybody packs up the kids and they head out but they find the road blocked by a felled tree and their zombified friends and D- daryl for some reason thinks negan had something to do with this i don't know i guess it's the oh, callback yeah. yeah but like uh-huh is he assuming that no one else would think to block a road? That's I think this is a theme where like there's been many assumptions made by the communities about what the whispers are doing. And we found out how many of them were unfounded or manufactured. Yeah, this I think is just another one of those that happens to be right. That like, yeah, okay. it's not entirely. Um, and I think the one thing that maybe was persuasive is I don't think if um, if this was an alpha idea entirely, they would have left the radio lookout strung up because for in their their standpoint, those are guardians. You know, we need to the, we can make yeah. use of them like uh, that's not saying that you can violate your religious codes in times of war or whatnot. But like, I, I, I feel like that's what they're saying. But also this okay. whole season's been about them making wild guesses and, and, and it's very fog of war and you, you know, and here's there's, you know, a surmise that they're making and it happens to be right. They've got an enemy that uh, they don't really understand very well. So seriously, and it's vice versa, like yeah. their enemy does not understand them and what, what makes them tick. Because like, I think that the, the other theme that they're setting up here is people that are fighting for a positive reason they're fighting for something are inherently more powerful than people who are fighting against something you know because it's something you got versus yeah. something you're afraid that the other person has and like one is just a stronger you know and 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 i thought the council scene where everyone's going back and forth the you know earl the blacksmith seems to be the the you know hawkish party and aaron is kind of the dove and, you know, also think of the children and the leaders kind of like, yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if it's just 35 adults here, but there's, you know, and we can make our valiant stand. But like, why are yeah, what are we protecting? We're actually protecting the hilltop or are we protecting the people that make up hilltop? Because, yeah, maybe we'll have to look for. But you're talking to people that walked from fucking Georgia mm-hmm. to get to where they're at now. Like, whoop the shit. Like, yeah, take the kids and let's go. Uh, yeah. I, I like that. It's, it's so much more satisfying to see this than just them make up stupid shit. Stupid. Oh, uh, Morgan just decided he can't kill anyone. has got to use a stick now. So that's right. going to be the sticking point of the episode. Fuck that. This stuff is good. Yeah, I like it. Um, I thought it was real sweet. Uh, the way Daryl deals with Judith. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was real cute how that you see RJ wearing uh, Daryl's wings like that's like you, you can you kind of like that's how they got to talk him into going onto the wagon. Um, that all comes back around later. Um, you know, Zeke kind of still trying to put connections out to King Ezekiel. I shouldn't be that familiar with the king, <laughs> uh, you know, putting out more feelers to, to Carol, keeping that lifeline alive. Um, I, yeah, I thought uh, I thought that was good. Mm hmm. And then the kid transport returns to town where Daryl explains uh, what they found on the road. Everyone freaks the fuck out, realizing that they're on their own and they begin organizing for a fight. Uh, And Carol sort of looking on from the sidelines, I think just knowing that she caused all this. Yeah, like she's the she's the this is what she wanted. But now it's here and she's she's faced with all these people that's going to hurt. Um. 
Yeah, no, I I, I thought uh, it's great. Um, I, this is the one of the core problems I think you had at the episode, the fact that like maybe Alexandria and Oceanside can't get there in time. Right. But like they should definitely be warned. Yes. That the horde is coming because like maybe their roads aren't blocked yet. And maybe they want to get their kids and infirm out of the the cold rolled walls. I, I don't know. Or maybe it, it the is, horde is headed their way. Like, how many does she have? They don't know. She could send the entire horde to all three locations at the same time. Yeah. Who knows? And it felt like, I don't know. It felt like there was an opportunity there for people to say, we've tried to contact, but they're not responding. And does that mean they've been attacked first? We don't know. All we have to do is is decide what we're going to do. You know, there's essentially doesn't matter. Help's not coming. We have to focus on that now. I'm not sure why mm-hmm. they went with this, because you're if you're right. And Rosita actually says that she talked to Gabriel, um, but didn't tell it like 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 just an hour before the conversation and didn't chose not to tell him about the horde. That seems insane. Yeah, no, it is truly insane. Um, especially when you consider, I think Hilltop is Hilltop still like the biggest food producer in That's the, the communities. The last time, yeah, the last time people talked about it, that was, you know, that's why Maggie had so much sway yeah. in like the negotiations between the, because they were the, the net producer of almost everything. You know, they had the blacksmiths, right. so they like the other, they're, they're dependent on, you know, they machinery and all that kind of stuff. At one point, they yeah. had a, a monopoly and a doctor's. I guess they still have a doctor. We had multiple pieces of feedback. People wrote in and said that there is a, a, a medic at Hilltop that's been named but not seen yet. So there's, mm-hmm. so, and they've got the, the food production because we've seen their extensive fields and operations where it always feels like, Alexander's got like victory gardens and hydroponics <laughs> growing up, but like Hilltop's got crops. Hilltop's got yeah. like fields they're plowing and working. So yeah, they're the they're the powerhouse. They're like the bread basket and the the fucking uh, ammo factory. Yeah, which is crazy considering the difference in like how much space they have. I always feel like Alexandria is ten times bigger than Hilltop, and yet somehow they haven't got their shit together. <laughs> It's so weird because like I, I guess it's like if if Alexander's in the middle of a suburb, there's still you feel like that like okay, you take that soccer field, plow it up, there bam, mm-hmm. there's a couple acres of, of you know, burn down a few houses and there's a couple more acres. Like like where yeah, what 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 keeps them from not having a more extensive farming operation? You don't have to and wall it all up. That's in the hilltop, doesn't you right. know? Yeah. Just clear That's out some the trees. Whole, the whole medieval idea is like, you know, like the castle is just where you go in times of danger. The, you know, the, the crops and lands are outside those walls. So that, it doesn't yeah. make much sense to me either. Um, but you know, she probably should have told the, <laughs> the Alexandrians that the bread basket's about to be taken out. Yeah. The president of Alexandria should be informed of by the first lady, I guess uh, the, the, the chief councilman should be informed for sure. Probably. But but there's also other things because like I I thought they were suggesting there was a radio breakdown because Judith tries to get I think you're supposed to understand that Judith tries to get in t- uh, touch with uh, Michonne and she doesn't come back now Michonne is in Oceanside which I think is further you know obviously it's on the coast so well Michonne um, yeah Michonne's headed toward the naval base last we saw her right so she's maybe even further out of range yeah um, she's probably yeah. incommunicado um. Yeah, we'll get to the scene where Rosita says she talked to Gabriel, but that's coming up okay. still. 
Uh, so we we get uh, Carol catching Ezekiel digging through his secret stash of armor, and she finds out that he's dying, and so they decide to get it on. Oh yeah, this doesn't entirely make sense, but like something eh. about Zeke reaching out, uh, you know, their mortality. Like she's there's kind of like uh, fuck it, and especially with Zeke. I don't know if he's a stage three clinger. Well, he's a stage four thyroid cancer patient. So <laughs> there's yeah, I, I don't know what all is going into the equation of let's let's fuck. But uh, the numbers are in King Ezekiel's favor right now. They need to send Ezekiel in to open those fiery gates at the end of this episode because, you know, he's forfeit anyway. He <laughs> just he could just run in, set himself on fire, open those gates and everybody else can run through. Yeah, just that's all he's got to do. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. come on, Zeke, uh-huh. get in there. Uh huh. You'll be warm and toasty for the rest of your life. It's uh, a done deal. Uh, then Gamma sees Adam and wants to say hi, but Boston Rob stops her. I I genuinely can't remember Boston Rob's real name, so I'm just calling. I don't. Him. It's Boston Rob. It's yeah. a perfectly fine name for him. He's not making it out of this season. Come on. Ah, uh, uh, hmm, okay. No, I I like this. Like you know, we usually like Aaron, and he's like the got the correct view on things. I'm not sure Aaron's right. I think Aaron wants to be right because it's a tactical advantage to, you know, have this new ally of the whispers if you can turn her and turn others. But on the other hand, people, yeah, like you can't expect people to go along with this fucking psyop that you're doing. Yeah. No, I, I get all, all the sides here. They're all making good points. Um, yeah, it's just a shame. It's all happening during this moment <laughs> when there are yeah. other things to be doing. Yeah. Uh, so after banging Ezekiel and Carol talk about all the pieces of themselves they've lost along the way. Some some good conversations here. I like it. Um talking about I like know. how like like Carol put it on this man. This man yeah. he's he's this out. man is, oh. is 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 spent. He's yeah. wiped out. He needs a sandwich and a nap. He's gonna be useless <laughs> in this battle. <laughs> get this gotta, man gotta get Mick in there. It's gotta it's gotta it's gotta it's gotta take out your legs, Zeke. I need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucked with. The, yeah, it's like he's. It's classic. You, yeah, he's not going to have. He's he's given his chi away. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I I like the scene a lot. Him starting off with the accusation that you lost your sense of humor, mm-hmm. and that she comes like with a with a, a a nice demonstration that that's not true at the end, where she says, "Wait, we're going to die tonight." <laughs> I thought that that was a good. There, I've always thought they had good chemistry and they were cute together. Some of my favorite scenes yeah. last year when, you know, they're trying to prep to make the festivals special for each other or special for the community and mm-hmm. deciding what crazy risk to take for what light bulb projectors and whatnot. Um, and it, it's nice if, if this is going to be some of the last moments together. It's nice that they're they're like this. So then Rosita encourages Eugene not to give up on his radio crush because she really likes him um, and she proves that the feeling is mutual by offering to kiss him which he's not able to do i had to watch this scene twice to get what the fuck was happening dude Um, so it's my understanding that the offer to kiss her is her knowing that he can't do it because he likes this girl so much who he's never met that he somehow thinks they're dating and they're they're going steady and it would be cheating on her to kiss to kiss rosita am i reading that right that's exactly what's happening here. God, it took However, me. There are so is, many leaps of of logic and weird 
shit in this scene. It's, yeah, it's it's this is Mean Girls logic. This feels yeah. like it could get like this could be like uh, you know um, if, if any time the setting could also be like as soon as Eugene goes in for the kiss, seventeen kids jump out of trees and start laughing at him, mm-hmm. and you know give him pink bellies and purple nurples. Like it feels like the setup of something you'd pull on a, and and everything. If you could replace about, any character in the scene with Rachel McAdams. You know you're in yeah. a teen a teen comedy, right? Yes. Stop making whatever you're trying to make happen happen <laughs> here. Uh, the Walking Dead. This yeah. that shit needs to go. I don't. I don't understand. Like I. I thought they had a really nice and and I love that scene where she told him all his friend zone shit. Stupid. You got to stop it. This is dumb. And then they're just leaning hard into those dynamics for for at least half of Rosita's plot. Rosita's, Rosita's got two interesting plots. Uh, two plots essentially yeah she's traumatized by the whisper situation and uh, uh sadiq getting killed and she doesn't feel like she's a badass warrior anymore because she now is a mom and certain priorities necessarily changed all that stuff is good they're doing a good job mm-hmm. and whatever the fuck is going on with her and eugene like they're trying to paint these people of like like turning a corner between unrequited love and fr- and, and genuine friendship I don't think it looks like this. <laughs> I think this is insulting and dumb, but I yeah, I, I thought the same. I, I did not like really any of this scene. There's so, so many things in this particular scene that I didn't like. Um, a, she says she talked to Gabriel, didn't tell him about the horde that's coming. Cause you know, why, why, who cares? Right. Nothing he can do about it. So I guess don't, don't warn him or anything. That's right. one of the stupidest things Walking Dead has done in a long time. Mm-hmm. The other final thing about the scene that I didn't like is she's coming in here. He's clearly like prepping for war, right? He's we find out later that he's setting up a battery bank, which is going to be the first line of defense against the incoming horde. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, if you love this girl, get off your ass and go get her. And he right. walks off the job. <laughs> I like yeah. I guess he was done in that particular nah, moment. If he hadn't done that, it would have fried fifty more zombies. He if he'd right? wired a couple more Probably. batteries in the series, yeah. They yeah, might not yeah, even yeah, have gotten through. Up. He might have been yeah. stringing up, you know, like a a whole bunch more. Instead of just one it's, wire, he could have put eight wires up. It's gonna make a Tesla coil out of red alert, man. The zombies would be be ash. Right. He's so he's charred within a sixty the, meter radius. The important job he's trying to do and goes and chats with a, a girl on the radio. Come on. Yeah, I, this what the fuck? This is not the time, know. Rosita. Yeah, and someone wrote in and said, uh, uh, or maybe they sent it on Twitter, but they're like, one of the reasons that Rosita's plot's not great is because she had uh, double duty. She was working some other role, so they had limited timing and availability. But I'm like, she's that been a lot. Doesn't that doesn't like? I never feel like Rosita hasn't been around. I just feel like they're utilizing yeah. her poorly. Like, honestly, if they cut all this Eugene shit, her plot would be 10 times stronger, I think, because and it's not I've like always she has to Rosita. be in the writer's room for them to write good stuff for. Her. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I was also I've, I've also gotten the feeling that, like, maybe we are the only ones that really hate this stuff and that other people think it's cute and or like healthy way to work through this weird relationship, which I just think it's weird. Granted. This is a weird relationship. This is a mm-hmm. relationship that started with with Eugene perving on her and Abraham fucking. 
and then know. turned into a quadruple. So like then turned into a quadruple situation. Like it's there's there's this is not a this is not a, a nuclear family type situation. A lot of people don't have direct experience with this stuff, but still it just feels I don't know. It just she vacillates between um, being a very mature, formidable person that has serious thoughts and this kind of high school shit. Mm-hmm. That I just don't, un, I just, I just can't relate with. I, I don't think of it in terms of like Rosita for sure. And I thought like some of it, was like, well, yeah. maybe she's running a high fever and she's just kind of dopey. She's not running a high fever anymore, and she's still kind of doing this weird. Mm-hmm. We'll find out if you really love her and kiss me. Like, <laughs> no, that's not how any of this works. Come on, no. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll get right back to it. All right, Carol tells Lydia that she's going to kill Alpha. Lydia tells her she doesn't care, which is also known as the truth. And then they both cry over Henry. <laughs> After like talking about how you know scarce the truth is. <laughs> this is a pretty good scene. That is a great I, I way know, to I'm, break it down. I'm recapping it. How uh, stale must this cigarette be, huh? Oh, Jesus. Looks, it does not look hand-rolled. It looks, it looks professionally rolled. It looks like she just pulled this out of a pack of Marlboro, so... They're in Virginia. You don't think that uh, they can't? Uh, yeah, but nobody's you know, making manufacture some fine tobacco products. Yeah, they get they they found the whole ten pallets worth of filters and rolling papers. <laughs> they're and just rolling they're, them up in the apocalypse. They're doing them right. Yep, yep. That seems they found like a cellophane machine. Hmm. Um, I guess I, if yeah, you got the filters, why not use them? Because like I take it to understand that like a pack of cigarettes, it's like a year old, is pretty stanky shit. Right, it's 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 tastes oh. bad, smokes bad. Yeah, it's too, I mean, I mean they dry. always taste bad. Their cigarettes, but they taste worse. Right. Yeah, but they get dried out, and mm-hmm. the 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 temperature is too high. Like burn. I don't know. There's all kinds of bad things about it. So yeah, I, I don't know. But on the other yeah. hand, if you're addicted to nicotine, then <laughs> there <laughs> are uh, levels of smoking experience. They're already smoking cigarettes, so like you know, the floor is pretty low there. Uh, there's levels of of smoking that we we uh, will will descend to apparently. Yeah. I don't know. She found a whole crate of jewel pods, but she just dumped those in the river. Oh, she wasn't interested. well, yeah. What are you going to do? Eugene's not going to let any of his precious ham wattage go to charging the jewels. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this whole like, um, you probably hate me. No, you do enough of that all of yourself already. I thought that was a good line. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that like when you kill my mom I won't be thinking of you I'll be thinking about me and my mom's relationship and how fucked up that is and that that's really excellent and stuff Henry um, too I mean she starts the scene looking at this heart with the H plus L uh, carved into it yeah and that fact that no one in the walk I mean no one in the world knows how to deal with people that are sad it's one of our biggest problems in the West mm-hmm. that like it's yeah. just uncomfortable. Like, oh, you're sad because something happened. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Or like, I can really blah. But but it's it just it's it sucks. It sucks. It sucks to be sad and it sucks to be mourning. But it's also a healthy process that we have to do. It's like imagine if you broke your leg and people didn't talk to you for six to eight weeks until you could walk (laughs) again. That's that's the worst thing. People bomb you with love and they support you and they make they they take your cast. They sign it and they make you feel special. But we don't know how to deal with that with emotional and mental pain. Well, I think it's uh, also different. Um. If it's like a long term physical problem too, right? Sure. People have problems That's with true. like, oh, this person lost a leg or that right. you're just in a wheelchair it. for the rest of your life. How many of your yeah. friends and family are going to treat you differently if they bother to stay around at all? Because you're a constant walking reminder of their own mortality and how it's fucked. Yeah, um, they don't know. They don't know what to say. 
and, and then here, the but Walking the day Dead before they like, did, right? When you still, when you were still, quote unquote, you. Yeah. Right, right. That's and tough. I imagine it's even world, worse in a world where everyone has a terrible backstory. Like, mm-hmm. who gets to complain? Who gets to feel down today? Who gets to sulk and be depressed and uh, sleep for three days because they can't get out of bed? Like, the answer is no. So, like, yeah. it's it's all, like, really fucked. And I, I like the show is both showing the absurdity of the way that that is in 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 any in any kind of lifetime and also like showing other characters working against it doing the hard work of reconnecting being vulnerable saying i've got cancer but who cares you know i don't Mm -hmm. want to that's i i really like that i thought there's a lot of that good theming in this this episode yeah then we go out to uh the hilltopper and hilltopper till hilltopians hill Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers. Okay, the hilltoppers. Hill folk. <laughs> uh, they're fortifying the perimeter when rats start running out of the woods, signifying the approach of the horde. Yeah. This is cool. Although I continue to have problems with their animal CG in this show, it there's like a blur filter that they put over everything. It, I yeah, I don't like it. It's it looks dirty. It looks cheap. It reminds it looks... me of that shitty deer that they did several oh seasons ago. Oh my god. Yeah, they've 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 struggled a time or three with CGI animals in this uh yeah. the show. Um and also like the idea of like I don't think of rats infesting a forest. Maybe they're just yeah. tons of rats. Maybe. I think of field mice, I think of squirrels, I think of possums, Deer. I think of rabbits, I think of like the, the idea of a stampede in front of some kind of all-consuming thing like a zombie horde or a fire that's like fairly well established it's just like a very pedestrian thing like a oh, hundred rats come boiling out of the woods <laughs> okay yeah. um uh-huh. i don't know maybe maybe it shows how well hilltop has swept the countryside of the other large animal life they've they've eaten them all mm, maybe it's a pied piper rats maybe it's like Alpha Pied Pipering these walkers. Mm. And so rats. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Until I see Boston Rob with the flute, or no, the professor. Until I see the professor with the flute, I'm not buying the Pied Piper. Okay. He'll get up there. Luke will do it if he has to. <laughs> he will. Uh, okay, Eugene gets on the radio and he sings a song. <laughs> While everyone else is off doing what they're supposed to do, prepping for this approaching horde, uh, Blue Velvet or whatever her name is, Blue Weevil responds. He apologizes and uh, then asks her, uh, she, she asks who Rosita is. He explains, kind of. And she gives him a location and a date to meet her and says, uh, he says he'll be there. And then Rosita comes in and fetches him. And he's going to be ready for bad I got a date to go to. He, mm-hmm. he Forrest Gumps. Um, this is, uh, when the wind blows by Iron Maiden is what they're singing to each other. Really? Okay. <laughs> and I swear to God, I feel like someone saw stranger things season three and it's like, yeah. oh, this is a real nice moment. We need to fit. We need to fit this in as an homage. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It seemed kind of silly. Is in Dustin context. the Eugene of the walking dead or of stranger things rather? Uh, that's doing Dustin real dirty. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, t- you, you could, uh, you could say that Eugene's a John Cusack also showing up with a big boom box on his shoulder outside in the rain. Like it's like, Except you the know, boom box on his shoulder is his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, yeah, I, I just, but it, it felt, it felt kind of weird and, and out of place. And I also, I didn't recognize the tune and the I fact it was either. an Iron Maiden tune. I thought it was kind of funny, but, um, yeah, that's unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also, there's like, there's a cool getting ready, geared up montage. Judith is checking in. If you like, she's, she's calling for, uh, Daito. Which is the Japanese word for long sword, which uh, I think Michonne's got two swords, right? She's got the full size katana and then whatever the side pe- the side arm of a samurai was is what Judith yeah. has got. Um, so like, you know, they, she's, they get like a big sword, little sword kind of. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, the thing she hamstrings that one dude in Oceanside with, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, then, you know, there's the... Stephanie comes back on and is kind of sort of jealous of Rosita, but uh, Eugene kind of soft pedals the relationship and or I guess he's talking about how it is now versus how it was five minutes ago. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I, just just, so from Charleston, West Virginia, they're not that far away. Mm -hmm. Um, Wants to meet a mile south of this uh, Kanawha River next to Southern Railroads. Like, do you think they're going to blow off the turnip? They're going to redress the Terminus set. That's what I kind of. Oh, yeah. He's going to be loaded railroads. into the B train and will he'll never be seen When I heard again. railroads, I'm thinking, well, this is going to be the Terminus building. I'm going to shoot it from the opposite angle. They're going to paint it a different color. There's For gonna, sure. But, but, but yeah, like it feels like a set recycling, which is fine. <laughs> you can do that and it, and it works out fine. If you spend a little bit of money, a little bit of elbow grease, get get uh, creative and inventive with the camera angles and whatnot. Um, I mean, why do you think Earl was so adamant that they don't run? Because they're not gonna, they're not gonna spend the money in one more season to set up an entirely new set. God mm. damn it! They bought Alexandria. <laughs> True. I don't they've know. I don't know how they, they got their use for it for so long. But yeah, they they've had yeah. Alexandria. They have Hilltop. No I think more. They sets. Bought it. I think they. I think they bought a suburb. Bought a town and just yeah. said, "Yeah, fuck it. We're gonna we're gonna use this investment." They certainly could. But, Somebody um, owns those developments. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of good stuff in here, like, uh, you know, everybody checking on each other, getting all their weapons ready, getting it. It, it felt felt cool. It felt like uh, Lord of the Rings before the mm-hmm. the Battle of Helm's Deep kind of gearing up. Even got the same feel of a nighttime battle, a nighttime horde approaching kind of unseen. Yeah. Um, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. And Eugene committing to meet her there in a week like that screams bonus episode. Oh, yeah. To me. So there's going to be a, one of the bonus episodes that's going to be called the mullet <laughs> and you'll know, you'll know it's going to be, I love talking about stuff that everyone knows about except for us. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure it's riveting. S- speculating on actual history that's occurred. All right. Next scene is Daryl telling Ezekiel that he gets him, even though they haven't said much to each other and asks him to help make sure that the children get out. Afterward, Judith says she wants to fight with him and she says, oh, I'm not scared, but it's totally a front. Uh, mm-hmm. And then she gives him back his vest, complete with a new wing. And Daryl tells her to go with Ezekiel if he does come calling during the fight. And she promises to do that. I thought this was a great scene. It's a great scene of like uh, Daryl acknowledging the complicated relationship he's had with King Ezekiel as uh, Carol's yeah BFF platonic BFF forever. Um. And the mutual respect they have and the fact that like Daryl's entrusting like the children, which we know are very important to him. Like he really loves the kids and is very got a big soft spot and sees him as one of the strongest fighters. And like if either one of them go down, the other make a solemn pledge to get the kids out. 
I like mm-hmm. it. Brought it brought a brought a mainly tear to my eye. And then I thought the scene where Daryl is dealing with Judith and her being like, you know, fronting about not being afraid versus what she's really afraid with, with him talking about the things that he that's stuff. That's just great. That's yeah. great parenting. Um, and and I thought it, it's like I, I love Daryl so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been my favorite character for the entire run of the series. And they didn't have much for him to do for a long couple of seasons and him being kind of central into the story and to the survivor story. I just, I just, I'm really enjoying. Yeah. I mean, once Rick was out of the picture, he needed to step up and do something. And when, you know, she's talking about all the things like, well, you know, hypothetically, I could see someone being afraid about, you know, losing their mom or their brother got hurt or for like one of their cool uncles and him's like, yeah, no shame in that. It's great. Mm-hmm. And her presenting him with the new wing vest, which we, we talked about that he's lost a wing and has kind of yeah. seen better days. And I mean, shit, that thing's like, didn't he get that in season two? It, he might have had it since day one. It, yeah, it's very, very old. And and you can tell by that that one wing that it is just completely uh, covered in dirt. It's barely recognizable. And then the bright blue wing that Judith puts on it is great. Yeah, it's got a glow up now and it's kind of like kid. It's a, and, and yeah, Daryl's rocking it. It's it's cool. I like it. 100 percent seal of approval on the scene. Yeah, uh, I like these paintings of, of the, the fallen. Uh, yeah, people that, you know, we're familiar with like Glenn Herschel. I think maybe Andrea is up there. I didn't see all of them, but I thought it maybe I, I couldn't. I, I thought maybe they were all the people that died in on in the uh, beheading incident. I wasn't sure. Oh, I think Glenn's um, there in the center. Was Glenn so, painted too? Yeah. Okay, so this is just famous uh, hilltop, but like Carol I doing, so. um, you know, uh, giving it a little little prayer or whatever she was doing a little before the big battle. I, I thought it was nice too. Yeah, tells you what they're fighting for. Yeah, and again, that's the theme. People mm-hmm. that have something to live for. Eugene has something to live for. Rosita has something to live for. Aaron has something to live for. The blacksmith does. All these people have something to live for. And the other side just doesn't. They're already no. acknowledged it as dead. And they're just like, this is their, their, their future is nihilist. And, um, like, I got to believe that counts for something in, in, when you're, when you're in a real pitched battle, a battle of survival. Mm-hmm. So then Carol asked Daryl not to hate her. And he says he never will, but then he just kind of walks off. There's no hug or anything. And he picks up a weapon as he heads toward the gates where he joins the army waiting for the horde. It shows up and smash cut to commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's this is a good scene too. like uh, Daryl and Carol, mm-hmm. um, him essentially saying I could never that never hate you. It doesn't mean you can't let me down. You can't disappoint me. But like, you know, essentially, I know you and love you enough to like no matter what you do, it's always going to make a certain amount of sense. And I maybe wish you didn't yeah. do it. But all I'm always going to see you as, you know, my, my friend who's kind of lost their way or is acting out in ways that I can totally understand because I do that shit, too. Sometimes uh, mm-hmm. it's good and it causes Carol to break down. I I, I hope that this is a beginning of a p- pulling out of her f- funk, but like also she's going to be on a trajectory where she leaves everybody is at, uh, at the end of the w- run of The Walking Dead. So but I, yeah. I guess I, I, I should. I should slow my roll a little bit because that doesn't mean what I am thinking it's meaning, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have like to be the, the duo, you know, going rogue in the woods show. Right. It, it probably right. won't be right. It, it almost can't be. So, right. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I like, yeah, I've always liked Daryl too. <laughs> what She's if one of my other just favorite characters. The spinoff is Daryl and Carol go to Oceanside, and now it's basically the same show except Daryl and Carol are just at Oceanside. <laughs> I I think Daryl and Carol on a shrimp boat, like Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan, would be pretty fucking incredible. Oh no, I That's, mean it's just I, it's, it's the exact same show. It's just that like they have not focused on Oceanside at all, right? We know so little about Oceanside, right? Like yeah. the spinoff, quote unquote, is just going to be them going to one of the other communities they haven't focused on. It even sounds like one of those shitty Baywatch spinoffs, like The Walking Dead, Oceanside. <laughs> you know, like. Sure. <laughs> Sure, they could do that. I don't know if I'm down for more than a half season of that, but like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. That sounds terrible. I'm committed. I'm committed to a half season of whatever the Daryl Carroll show ends up being. Like, I've got like because yeah. the upside and downside of that are so diametrically opposed and opposite, and like, no one would I know it could be either way. Like, I'm. Are we going to cover that here? We should probably cover that here, huh? It, we'll see. Well, I mean, like, because yeah. I'm saying I personally, I wasn't going to commit you, but I said me personally, oh, I'm down I'm for in. a half season of whatever, just because I just, this, yeah, I, I, I've been with this show a long time. These are my two favorite characters that are uh-huh. still surviving, and I kind of want to see. Um, I don't know if they're my favorite, but like, definitely Daryl's there. But then, you know, top mm-hmm. three or five. Um, yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in. All right. Um. When we come back from commercial, the walkers press through an electrified fence, but they keep coming. The the fighters go out to the perimeter to meet them, killing a bunch of the barricade, but the fence won't hold. The man, the electricity seems like a waste. Like you could have probably done more damage with an electric lawnmower. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Generate some kinetic energy, just some some giant blade spinning like uh ash and evil dead yeah man uh our armies of darkness i i, I was doing like it's like do i want to do a back of the envelope calculation about how much fucking power has to go through those wires to literally burn a zombie's head off and i'm like Ten nah because it's it's pretty fucking cool and honestly like that is my big critique of all this big zombie action is i feel like a 10 foot spear with some kind of hardened tip mm-hmm. is your ideal zombie killer. And they keep finding very heavy blunt force trauma. Things would exhaust a physical person, like a person wielding that over and over again. Like yeah. made to crush a, a normal human skull and used on marshmallow skulls. Right. Like they've yeah, already demonstrated. These are, these are the peeps of human heads. They don't need much to crush one. And they got they're they're outfitting these people. King's Eagles run around with a fucking sledgehammer. Something that like uh-huh. Bobby fucking Baratheon would blush and be like, that's a bit too much for a Warhammer. Right. You know, this this famously strapping burly ass dude mm-hmm. and King Ezekiel with like a cantaloupe coming out of his neck is 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 <laughs> chopping soft ass zombie wood with it. I don't I don't I uh, but it it looks cool. It like all these yeah, like if they're making action figures, you want you want the professor with his big weird gear mace, and you want you want the. Uh, Dar- but that's the other thing. It's like I've seen Daryl with his two knives, and he can kill a lot of zombies and oh, a yeah. lot of people. And I've seen Z- Daryl swinging his Morning Star, and it's slower and more efficient or less efficient. Maybe mm-hmm. you get more reach, which is useful if you're fighting behind the. A, a wall, a, a living wall of people, but like, nah, it just, it just looks cool. Burning through a zombie with like a laser beam is cool. 
uh, smashing with a morning star is cool. And I'm just gonna have to let let the practical nature of it all like uh, go because yeah. it's just not fun. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's not called a lot the pragmatic. It's not called the pragmatic dead. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of other, you know, kind of cool stuff here, like Beta and the other Whispers using slingshots to fire sap bombs at the survivors, uh, lighting the barricade up, uh, and and soaking the survivors with uh, you know, the sap. And then Jerry, it smells like a Christmas tree. It can't possibly hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. And then uh, trapping them between, you know, the horde and the gates with the fiery gates. And yeah, that's, and that's just terrible. Yeah, like these guys are soaked with accelerant and they're between two flaming things. It's terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I don't know. I, I thought that Hilltop would stand in some way. I think Hilltop's just going to be completely destroyed. Like, there's no way they put out those those uh, fence flames unless I don't know. Maybe they got some kind of crazy like the, the opening up the 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 blacksmith will be like now and they'll just have like big like basins of dirt that they just dump along the front of the thing and smother I I don't know maybe I'm not giving the hilltop enough credit but <laughs> except they accidentally dumped the hot oil and then that <laughs> yeah. just accelerates they, it they prep for boiling pitch at the top uh-huh. of all the walls and they just yeah they're not they're not they're not they're trying to start fires not put them out uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm starting to think the Hilltop is just going to be lost, man. Yeah. Hilltop I don't see didn't how they recover the, the whispers had this capability, right? They did not see fire coming at all, which is interesting because we've been talking about like, how do the whispers survive out there in the cold Virginia winters? Right. And then that, and the, I don't know from the start, uh, Hilltop, Alexander, all these survivors have not sat down and really thought about the logistics of the whispers and how they can use that to their advantage or what they should even be prepared for, uh, coming up against. So shame on them. Shame on them. But how do you, cause I think one of the cool things is about the whispers is they literally live off the land. There's no logistics train to attack. They dig up worms to eat sure, them wherever yeah. they're at. Uh, they find barrels of flammable material in the surrounding trees. Like, there's nothing yeah. you can do to deny them the things they need to march. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it, it's. Yeah, like I, I honestly don't know how you attack it because there is like, t- you know, typically you do this and you do that. And you encircle this and you you'd raid their supply lines and you try you'd scorch. But like nothing, nothing really works against them. Yeah. Uh, so because they're self-sustaining everywhere. They're they the go, end you of the kill world. Them, you just you, can't you, fight you, the end you of the kill, world. You, you kill one of them, you generate more armies of their dead. You kill one, they kill one of you, same principle. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's like attacking, an, uh, kind of like attacking an alien force that has like teleporters and warp drive. Like, fuck, well, how, do, how, do we, how do we slow this machine down? Uh, and they've consistently underestimated. Like, I don't think anyone thought that the Whispers were capable of something sophisticated like this, this fiery barrage that they put up. Oh, yeah, they, they probably don't even know that the Whispers wear underwear let alone that they could harvest <laughs> elastic from it i've been braiding elastic from all their underwear belts sure right. who could have who could have predicted who could yeah, have uh, I guess that's seen fair. that coming can't really yeah. blame them uh but yeah it's cool and they leave us on the cliffhangeriest of cliffhangers uh there at the end where they're trapped between the gates and the horde i, I mean if, if anybody is inside the gates if they've got okay they've got people with catapults right so these people with catapults see the gates are on fire. 
uh, their people are down there screaming, hey, hey, help us out. Open those fiery gates for us so we don't have to touch them. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone can let them in, right? I think, yeah, I don't but poof, boy, you get you just get touched with that fire. I feel like yeah. a, a couple people, maybe even one that we care about might die screaming next episode. Certainly um, one of them did die this time, right? Like somebody got lit up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't I don't know, like dare like um, who's the most likely to die? Um, I don't think Ezekiel. Lydia. Lid- Ezekiel. Yeah, sure. he's swinging those dreads around, man. He's got like a four foot radius. Oh, yeah, where- that's right. His flammable radius just from the mm-hmm. hair alone is is um, uh, um, J- I've been I've really been feeling like I can't shake the death head over Jerry uh, ever since <sighs> his near brush with death. And he's out there in the front line soaked too. Boston yeah. Robin make a lot of sense because he's gotten a lot of lines the last few weeks and he's kind mm-hmm. of like one of the most vocal anti-integration whispers, which probably to do the thing that the Walking Dead needs to do. They need to, you know, overcome that and you can <laughs> kill people <laughs> to overcome their opinion. Sure. I, I feel like that. I, I feel like somebody recognizable, maybe it could be the blacksmith. Someone needs to die yeah. to keep the a very effective tension that they've got going on so far. You can't have this larger scale of battle where this, like they've talked about how hopeless it was and how they thought everyone was going to die. And then, then the whispers come out with this fucking napalm shit. If no one of note dies, it's going to start ratcheting that tension down that I've been feeling all season long. And I don't think they want to do that going into the big battles, right? No, definitely not. Um, do you have any predictions? I haven't seen ahead at all. So do you have any predictions on Same. how they get out of this? Cause I'm thinking like maybe <sighs> Magna sacrificing herself for something makes a lot of sense. But what's she going to do? Come flying in from the cave. Oh, or is, so, that sorry. Is interesting... Not Magna, not Magna Mary, oh. Mary, uh, Gamma, Magna and Gamma. Gamma. Sorry. Okay. okay. Cause I'm like, what? But I, then I started thinking, Oh shit! What if they find the k- tunnel that connects the hilltop? And there's like a oh, sp- like what? Like there you go. Does Connie and Magda turn the tide of the battle? I mean, they may be, might be able to get the children away because that's they my come thing. Out with is like the both extra dynamite that they found. Along both the way. of the both of the badasses are supposed to be the safety kill switch on the get the children out plan. Are stuck outside in danger. True. So. um I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a pretty. There, I. I will be disappointed if we fade out of black in the beginning of the next episode and the battle's over like hilltops burnt to the ground. A couple of people have oh, gotten away. Yeah. We don't like I, I think that they've set this up that there needs to be. I've kind of underestimated the hilltopians, the hilltoppers at this point. I kind of think there should be a little bit of like it's a doomed battle, but they should have a little bit like these catapults should go off. And, you know, they should sting, sting the whispers enough. Um, but I don't know. I, they, if they, they don't just come back and it feels hopeless, right? Like I, if they're not able to mount some kind of defense against this horde, yeah. then I, I don't know where you go from here because Alpha well, they throws feeling the horde. hopeless is fine because Michonne is the savior. She is the one on the quest to get the magic. That's true. Anti-death star weapon. So feeling yeah. hopeless is fine, but like they've also teased catapults and shit. And I just want to see them go off. Yeah. Like killing 50 to 100 walkers would be very cool, but it would also be like up against the complete loss of Hilltop would be, you know, one of those Pyrrhic victories you're always hearing about. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just hope they don't come back with just a yada yada battle because like I feel like early yeah. season Game of Thrones did that a lot too. got us all hot for a battle. And then it was always just the aftermath. 
Um, and I will say the walking dead's not doing the terrible thing in late season, uh, game of Thrones where like, I haven't seen Daryl go down underneath 16 zombies and then he heroically right. fights back. And then I see Rosie to do that. And then I like, you know, that there's one episode where like that happened like six times in the, 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 the game of Thrones. I was like, well, this is just stupid. Yeah. Um, I am legit fearing for everyone's life now and they need to, they need to keep that going. I guess the ray of hope here is that Alexandria's walls are made of cold rolled steel and that fire would burn do nothing easily. against those. That's true. Um, That's true. So yeah, even Pine if Hilltop does can't fall. Me- Pine tar can't melt cold rolled steel. It cannot. I don't care what I'm Alex call- Jones says about it. It can fucking not melt it. <laughs> I'm going to call bullshit if I start seeing that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, That's all we got for the episode right that's it yeah man i cannot wait to see the next one it's a natural cliffhanger and i am legit excited to see how they get themselves out of this or even if they do Mm -hmm. uh we'll of course be back next week uh episode 12 until then i'm of course aaron and i'm jim see ya see ya